Hey everybody, I'm Nina T and this is Kid Like Faith. On this week's episode, the results of Kid Like Verses are in and you guys got it. We're doing Wreck-It Ralph, the story of everybody's favorite bad guy. Well, everybody's favorite wrecker. And we're going to talk about what it's like to live in his shoes. What it's like to be a wrecker and to never be celebrated for it. I'm excited because there is a whole bunch in this episode and I hope that you're willing to stick around and get all that you can get from this episode of Disney's Wreck-It Ralph. y'all know how this goes we have to start at the beginning because that's how we start um we're starting in the beginning and this is ralph's dialogue where he's talking about um himself and we don't know it but he's really introducing himself not just to us the viewer of this movie but he's in introducing himself to bad guys anonymous um because ralph is a part of a game and he is ralph a wrecker who is, you know, weighs a certain amount of pounds and, you know, is a certain height. And he is a bad guy in his game and he is known to wreck. I think it's interesting that Ralph does not uh, announce himself as Wreck-It Ralph because he has learned to separate the fact that he is a wrecker from, by profession, from his identity as Ralph. So Ralph is the guy and wreck it or wreck, wrecking is the job. And so when we decide uh, to separate, he didn't say my name is Wreck It Ralph because that was not his name. His name was Ralph and his profession was that he uh, wrecked because any other time when he wasn't in the game, he wasn't trying to be a wrecker. He was only trying to be a wrecker when it came to the game because that was what he was assigned to do. For us, we have to be very careful that we don't associate our profession, the things that we do well, with our identity. Because on the day that we no longer do them, or when our assignments switch or change, then our identity switch or changes. But it's very imperative that we know that just because we do something well, it doesn't mean that's the only thing that we are, um, that we are a very real character. And the character is what is 
important that we are an essential character to a game, to a system, to an assignment. And once the assignment is over, we are no longer identified by the assignment, but we are identified by who we are as a character. Our character is what defines us, not what we do. So, um, he knows, ironically, that although he is very good at his job, there is no reward for being the bad guy in a game. Um, in this game, he, go- he goes against the goal. Now, the goal is to fix it. The, the goal, the name of the game is Fix It Felix. So, obviously, Felix would be the person who gets the most praise because he is the hero. He is the one the game is built around. And so because he is the one the game is built around, he sees uh, that, you know, all of the praise for doing his job. But we realize that it is because of Wreck-It Ralph that Felix gets to do his job. Without Wreck-It Ralph, there is no Fix-It Felix. Um, and Racky Ralph says something very funny. He says, you know, of course you're able to do it because you have a hammer passed down from your father. And if you had a magic, if I had a magical, you know, hammer passed down from my father, it'd be easy for me to, you know, fix things too. He said, but if you were a regular contractor, then you wouldn't be able to fix things as fast as you fix them. Um, and the wreckage that I'm doing, I'm doing off of the who I am. I'm, I'm wrecking off of what I was called to do. And you have an advantage because you were passed down away. There was a way that was passed down to you that helps you to have the advantage. And what people unfortunately don't know is that sometimes when you are praised for doing something, it's it's because nine times out of 10, you were rooted and grounded in the the identity that this was your work. This was your purpose. This was your call. And if somebody who, you know, if that wasn't passed down, then it's easy for you to end up finding out or just naturally doing what makes sense. So it makes sense that a guy with big hands would wreck things. It makes sense, you know, because that's just what he was assigned. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a gift. It was, it, it matched though with how his body was formed. It matched how um, he carried himself. It made sense. His temper, all of the things that were made in him matched up to the assignment that he flew in, uh, he fell into. Um, and so what we need to be very aware of is that all of the things that we were made to be fall in line with the will of God for our life. So it's not by happenstance that you like certain things and that you uh, don't like other things. Like, for instance, for me, it's not it's not a weird thing to like Disney movies. It's not a, for somebody else. It may seem childish for somebody else. It's like, oh, my God, well, you just stop talking about these Disney movies is so much. And guess what? I don't care. Uh, because it's a part of who I am. It's a part of what I was called to do. I was called to see the word of God and to break down his word. And my love for Disney movies helps me to do that. If I didn't have the love for Disney movies, I'd be probably looking for a word from somewhere else. And it would be difficult for me to find the word in these movies. But because I already have a love in me for these kinds of movies, 
then it makes it easier for me to do what I was always assigned to do, which which comes naturally for me to do, right? Um, for instance, some of you may have so uh, so much uh, willingness to help people, and you may it may come natural for you to serve. Well, that that natural inclination is not built in everybody, and so what is troublesome and hard for some others comes easy to you, but it comes easy to you not because. God just wanted it to come easy. He, he did it purposely so that you would find the realm of your purpose and your gift and your talent and his will for your life, knowing that all of these things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. All the things, even the bad things. So even the things that make you uh, upset with you, work together. They all work together. It was all intentional. You are the way you are because your purpose needed you to be that way. If you were any other person, if you were any other way, you would not meet the place fully of your purpose, but he knew what you needed in order to become what you became. I said this last time, but when you, uh, when we look at cars or let's talk about cars, uh, cars, do not have to go and get windshield wipers when it starts raining. It's already built in there. They don't have to go and try to once one when, when you try to stop, it doesn't have to say, okay, let's go find some brakes. No, the brakes are already built in the car. Everything that the car needs to function as a car is already built in its system. And so if at any time something breaks down, we know that there are repair centers, but it, it, it's not like we have to go back to the dealership to go get these things and have them placed in the car. No, it's already in it. Just like everything for your purpose plan and, and just for God's purpose and will to be done in your life is already built in you. You don't have to go anywhere else to have anybody else imparted in you. It's already there. If they, if they are if they are putting their hands on you, if they are approving you at this point and at this juncture, it's to agree with what God has said. It's not that they're finding something out of outer space and putting it in you. No, it's just them calling up what was already down and in your capacity in the first place. They've already released to you what was in you and the belief to see it come alive. So now... When he wraps up this lovely little thing, he really, you know, we realize that his heart is really that he just doesn't want to be alone. He's tired. It's been 30 years. Do you know how long that is that is to be in obscurity? It's been 30 years and he has nobody that is willing to love on him after the game. 30 years of seeing Felix get praises, rewards and only being rewarded with mud. Only being rewarded with the chocolate mud or the, you know, only being not chocolate mud, but being rewarded with, with mud as his portion, being rewarded with living in the dumpster by himself, living, living in by trash and not really having anybody invested. And the reason that he showed up to Bad Guys Anonymous, even though the, they had invited him before, was that he was dealing with the pain and the grief of knowing that for 30 years he has contributed to this system and it has done nothing but beat him up. 
It has done nothing but cast him aside. And there are some of us who have contributed to systems and ways of being and ways of living. And we have consistently shown up to make these things what they are. And because we have shown up, they thrive. But all they give us in return is headache and heartache and pain and obscurity. They don't have any love for us. They don't have any any joy, peace, none of that. They don't have anything to give to us. But all they do is push us away and ask us. And the only time they, they bring us in and let us be is when we are profiting them. When we help the game go along as the game should go. And after 30 years of being in obscurity, he's tired and he wants to know what does it take for me to just be the good guy for once? I would just like to be celebrated for once. Now, he's in the company of other bad guys. So they experience and have experienced these feelings daily and they know what to do with them. So uh, Zandif says to him, Zangief, um, another bad guy in the community says he realized that when he felt with the same thing that Ralph was feeling, he says, if I do the good guy stuff, then who's going to do the bad guy stuff? Basically, I'm paraphrasing. Um, and that he had to be and show up for the space that he was supposed to show up for. Um, for us, that looks like if I stop being me, then who's going to do it? If I show up to be them, then who's going to be me? If I show up to do what they want me to do, then who's going to fulfill my purpose? And I have to be resolved that even if my purpose for a season, even if my purpose for um, this particular assignment is to wreck things and nobody understands what I'm called to do, then that doesn't mean I have to stop wrecking. That just means I have to love me in the midst of them hating me. We have to be very clear that what we do is what God is calling us to do. And when he calls you to do something, you have no choice. There is no option. There's only obedience. That is it. And even if you find yourself abandoned, like he was abandoned, the scripture tells us when my mother and father forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. He has already promised that he would be a place of refuge for us if we allow him to be, but we have to allow him to be that. We have to allow him the space to be that for us. So after the meeting, Ralph goes out, he, you know, takes a little thing from Pac-Man um, and they say the affirmation and the affirmation is, is I am bad and that's good. I'm never going to be good and that's not bad. There's no place I'd rather be or nobody I'd rather be than me. But the truth of the matter is, is in that moment, Ralph does not agree with that statement. So he doesn't say it. He doesn't know the affirmation. Um, and all he knows is that at this point and then at this juncture, he would rather be anybody else but him. So on his way back home, he sees that there are people that have been left out of games and he feels sorry for them. And he gives them um, the cherry that he took or half of a cherry that he took from uh, Pac-Man, which lets us know that in Ralph is propensity for good. He just is signed up to do the assignment of the bad guy. He it's just his role in this instance. And just for this game, for this system, he's supposed to be bad. It's, it's intentional that he's bad because his bad ends up making everything else good. It all is, is working together. And without the bad, we have no good. 
without them being able to be, uh, without the buildings being wrecked, there is no, no fixing. So we need good and we need bad. We need the good. We need the bad. It all comes together to make God's perfect will come alive in our life. So as Ralph goes back um, to the penthouse or realizes, goes back home, he realizes that the penthouse is jumping. They got party, you know, and he sees the fireworks and it says, we love you, Felix. And he's like, what is going on? And he realizes that they're having a party about a 30th celebration and he wasn't invited, even though he's a main part of the game. He looks up and said, they invited Pac-Man and he ain't even a part of this game. And so they're celebrating Felix, but why didn't it invite me? And he goes up and he goes up to try to, you know, talk his way into the party, but nobody wants him there because he's a wrecker. He's a wrecker. He, he, he can't help himself. He's big. And, and when you're a wrecker outside of the place that you're supposed to be in, or in this place, he's supposed to be in the penthouse or when he comes to the penthouse, he comes to do one thing and that's wreck. So when he walks in the door of this penthouse, when he walks in the, the, the door to the room where everybody is in and where they're partying, the first thing that happens is that the, the ceiling breaks and it almost kills. Uh, well, it does technically kill Felix, but it get, Felix has lives, so he's all right. He comes back alive. But it's because in the penthouse, he's a wrecker. He's not, he's not anything but a wrecker. So what wreckers do is what wreckers do. Um, so he is excited to be able to be there, but nobody wants him there. They, they bring this cake out and in the cake, they see he's, it's everybody at the top of the cake. All of the, uh, villagers, all the people that live in the penthouse are on the cake. Fix it. Felix is on the cake. It's, it's a scene where he's about to get his metal metal and Wrecking Ralph is down there in the mud. And he says, well, why don't we try putting Ralph on the top? And one of the persons that stays there says, well, there's no room. For Ralph at the top. And Ralph was like, well, you know, maybe we ought to just make room. And he starts pushing people back and moving on the cake, technically, right? To make room. And he says, look at that. He's not angry. He's smiling, right? And they were like, no, you don't belong there. And they, once they realized that Ralph is really telling them that he is sick of being obscure. He wants to be a part of the penthouse. And he was like, I, he said, you know, you don't belong on the top because Felix is about to get his, his medal. And he says, well, why don't we give the medal for once to Ralph? And he's like, well, bad guys don't get medals. That's for heroes. And he says, well, I could be a hero. And then the deal is made. And they say, well, if you bring back a medal, then I'll let you live in the penthouse. You can have the penthouse. And, of course, there's nowhere for a bad guy to get a medal. So, they don't think twice about it. But, um, because he has, he feels like he, you know, has to prove himself, he ends up, unfortunately, wrecking the cake because he's angry that they don't believe in him. He's angry that this whole celebration is happening. Like, he is not, you know, a part of their game. He's been treated like like a, a stepchild or, you know, just, just been pushed off and he's sick of it. He's just sick of it. Um, he goes down to get some root beer and in that he's trying to find a way to get a medal. Um, and in the finding the way he runs into this soldier from another game called heroes duty. And he talks about all that they do is 
to get a medal. And so he's like, wait a minute, like there's a medal in your game and I can get a medal. And it opens up the door for him to pretend. And so he technically knocks out the soldier, dresses him up in another outfit from the lost and found and then takes his armor so that he can go in hero's duty and win a reward now he doesn't belong in hero's duty he really doesn't even understand the rules of hero's duty because the only game that he's played is wreck it ralph and so why i mean is fix it felix jr so he's only known for being a wrecker. Why would he automatically try to throw on somebody else's garment and pretend to be something that he's not? Well, it's all because he wanted to have some appreciation. He wanted them to recognize that he's a major part. And if he had to do it by pretending to be something else, then he was going to do it. We have to be very careful that we don't do the same thing, that we don't uh, subject ourselves to becoming something different, to becoming something else, to becoming something um, that other people are so that we can get their reward instead of just being okay without a reward period. Uh, Whether they uh, approve me or not, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do because The Bible says what we do in secret, he will reward for us openly. But if we choose to seek out our own reward and to seek out the praise of people and the admiration of people, then he tells us that we have our reward already. That is your reward. Them giving you a pat on the back is your reward. Instead of you getting the reward that I have laid up in store for you, which is so much more and so much better. So he goes into hero's duty, not knowing how to play the game. And he tries to fake himself uh, as a soldier and ends up messing the whole game, making the shooter lose. He's all over the place because he's a wrecker and he doesn't know how to be a shooter. He doesn't know how to be a soldier because he wasn't made to be a soldier. And he ends up messing up the whole game because he's a wrecker. No matter where you are, who you are is going to show up. So even if you're trying to pretend to be something you're not, eventually who you are will show up even in costume. Who you are will show up even when you don't think it will. Even when you're trying to mask it, you will show up as you are. So everything is messed up. They have to reset the game. As they're resetting the game, uh, Ralph finds out where the metal is. And when he finds out where the metal is, he's like, okay, let me go on up there and get it. Let me go on and retrieve it. Now he goes in. And sees a whole bunch of eggs on the ground. Is careful not to step on them. He walks up and he claims a reward that he has not earned. He claims a medal that doesn't belong to him. And he claims it because he believes he should have the hero's reward. But it will never be a reward when you steal it. It's not, it's, you, you're not ever going to receive the full reward because you didn't get it the way that you were supposed to get it. You didn't get your reward or you didn't even receive the accolades for you being you. You received it by you walking up and taking something that belongs to something else. And anybody that has chased uh, the the opinions and the thoughts and the um, intentions of others finds out that that reward is empty. 
that while you may feel like you're taking home something of worth, it's not really anything at all. It's, it's to the grand scheme of things, what people have to say about you, what they believe you are, has no bearing on who you actually are. Meanwhile, back at Fix It Felix, the same girl that was playing the game um, Hero's Duty finds her way over to Fix It Felix. And what ends up happening is when she starts the game, she only sees words, but she doesn't see Ralph. And it says, I'm going to wreck it, but Ralph's not there. And he doesn't wreck anything. So because he doesn't wreck anything, Felix, when he comes up and says, I'm going to fix it and notice everything is already fixed, that there's nothing that he can do to gain points because nothing has been wrecked. And he doesn't know where Ralph is. So he's trying to, you know, she's trying to use the controllers to fix it and nothing can be fixed. So it's a busted game at this point, all because Ralph is not there when it's his time to show up. And for us, when we don't show up for our places of assignment, it looks similar to this, meaning the place where we are supposed to fill the other side is not able to complete their job because we haven't done our part because we were missing an action and the word is still there over us what we over the position where we're supposed to feel the word about what we're supposed to do shows up but when we don't show up there's nothing that the other party can do to further the will of God and so we end up holding other people back and even stopping them from fulfilling their full purpose because we have chosen not to show up for ours so I told you he got you know uh, a lovely little um, hero's medal and once he does he's full of pride because he feels he hears the clapping um, but Ralph now steps on a little small bug and that small bug becomes a cyborg that attacks his face um, that you know it knocks him into an emergency escape pod now so now not only is he you know, stealing a, war, a reward, but he's also taking the resources and he's jetting out of there. Out of he don't know what he's doing. He just he just wrecking everything because that's what he wreck it. Ralph does. He just he just being himself, just doing what he called to do. But he's doing it in the wrong game. If you're doing it in the wrong space, you're still wrong. <laughs> if you if you're showing up for the places of appointment, but it's not your place of appointment, you're still wrong. Because you are ruining what was built for somebody else. You are you are bringing a mess to what is technically belonging to someone else. So Felix goes and he comes and he's looking for Ralph and he finds Sergeant Calhoun and she's like, how would he even get in here? No, that's, you know, I run a tight ship. It's not happening. And then she sees the escape pad pass. And not only does she see uh, a soldier and and not only does Felix see that it's Ralph in that car but they see that he's with a bug and that bug is a virus and that virus is now leaving the game going somewhere else so not only is he not only wrecking the game but he's about to bring the wreckage to a whole nother uh, place 
And where they ended up and land in is Sugar Rush. Now, Sugar Rush is a racing game. So they're getting ready to compete. They're getting ready to make sure that um, they are all in line to race. And in comes Ralph in this escape pod with this cyborg. And they land in uh, one of the... They land in one of the spaces and automatically it ejects them from the escape pod. Now, when they it ejects them, he sees the cyborg bug go under this little goopy, slimy little place. And he believes that because it's disappeared, that it's dead. But that's not what happens. Uh, what ended up happening was it just was hidden. We have to be very careful about the things that have come to attack us. Um, the things that those, those things that have come like sin to try to, uh, take us out and trying to take us and eat us alive and take away our influence and take away our, um, power and our call and our purpose. And they're trying to attack us. If we don't deal with it and and really make sure that it dies, then it will go missing, but it doesn't go missing to uh to disappear. It goes missing to procreate. It goes missing to hide so that it can produce more and more and more of the same thing. So, we find out that you know, in Sugar Rush, he sees at that one that while he's on a peppermint tree and on another peppermint tree is his metal. Cause when he got ejected, the metal flew off of him. So he's climbing this peppermint tree to kind of try to get the metal back because that's his ticket to a better life. And Vanellope, he runs into Vanellope is a young girl who is, you know, a part of this game. And she asks him what he's doing he, you know, tells her he's trying to, you know, he's a part of the tree. He lies to her, tells her some, you know, story so that she'll leave him alone. But she knows the truth. And when she sees what he's after, she begins to look at it from her perspective that it is not only a ticket um, for him to a better life, but it's a ticket for her. So because she knows the game, she knows how to navigate and get not only get up to the metal quicker, but she knows how to get and make sure that um, even if she loses it, she knows how to get it back. Because there are some uh, parts of the tree that are double striped and they, they disappear. So it'll cause Ralph to be stuck because he doesn't know how these things work because it's not his game. So he's being outwitted and outsmarted by a younger girl because she knew the game, because she knew the system, because she knew how it was supposed to work. And most of the time when we find ourselves getting outsmarted and when we find ourselves getting jacked up and and in uh, all these different kinds of things, uh, we find ourselves in that way because we have uh, thought that we knew the rules of some game or this place that is not the place of our assignment. But 
each place of assignment has different grace, has different rules, has different um, lifestyle adjustments. Yeah. And so when you try to bring your lifestyle adjustment to somebody else's system, it's not going to be compatible. It's like trying to put um, a Mac system on a Windows computer. It doesn't work that way. It's not meant to be compatible. It's meant for another system altogether. And so if you try to put your system on on a or if you try to put your computer your software in a system that it wasn't supposed to function in you'll find yourself with nothing more than a wreckage because it's not going to be able to produce anything so she takes his metal uses it to enter the race and as she enters the race king candy who we know is the king he, he shows up as the king um is the number one racer and when he hears her name called he knows that she is not supposed to race she is what they call the glitch she is the glitch and he cannot have her race so he sends people to stop her but at the moment that he sends people to stop her Ralph is now disguised as all of the things that he has fell into <laughs> because he couldn't navigate the game and he has all of this this mess on him but he's he's coming after her to get what she stole and and now at this point he can't get it back because what we find out from King Candy is that it is now a part of the code. And so it's gone. He's not he's not able to get it back, but um, he's stuck right in this new space and is not able to move forward. He can't even get the metal he stole because it was stolen from him. Be very careful because the way that you get it is nine times out of ten the way that you lose it. And so because he stole it, it was stolen from him. Because he got it in a way that wasn't right, he ended up losing it in the same way. And so we have to be very careful um, with what we do and how we show up as our character because when we show up in our character, we end up getting treated. We sow certain things and we end up reaping what we've sown. You do not sow watermelon seeds and reap apples it's not how this works that's that's not how any of this works you reap exactly most of the time what you sow now thank god for grace and thank god for mercy um because sometimes we can declare a crop failure and there are some things that don't take root and some things that we have not gotten the penalty for that we surely have sown um but they didn't take enough root um and the lord thank god did not allow us to get the punishment from each one of the seeds but there are some seeds that that you plant that you're going to have to get you're going to have to deal with the crop from you're going to have to deal with receiving the harvest of what you planted so while um you know king candy is trying to arrest ralph ralph finds his way getting out um <laughs> he runs away from uh runs away from king candy and while he's running away and while he's hiding he realizes that he has to go find Vanellope because she is the racer that took the thing from him that he needs. He needs uh, to eat. He even needs her to win the race or somebody to win the race so that he can get the medal back. And, um, and when he finds her, she has her little cart and it is something that she made and it is ugly because she made it. Um, it's not, you know, a typical race car. It's just what she made. Um, so it's hand me down. It's, it's, it's her personal car. And, um, 
he sees her and the other people, other racers, and the other racers are telling her that she cannot race because she's not a racer. She's a glitch. And she says, but I paid my money, so you're going to have to get used to it. I'm racing. Um, For us, that looks like if we know we have put in our dues to be what we're supposed to be, we can't let anybody talk us out of becoming what we're supposed to come become. But because people are often uh, intimidated by us showing up as who we are, um, flaws and all, they will pull out the flaw and make it seem like it will ruin the plan of God for our life. So for, uh, for Vanellope, they know she has a glitch and the glitch causes her to pixelate. And when she pixelates, she could be in one space and be in another space and it's unpredictable. She can't control it. So it, it is we, it is a very weird flaw, right? It is the one thing that she wishes it wasn't a part of her, but she can't get rid of it, right? So she has this glitch and they say, well, look, this is what's going to happen. We're going to be in the race and they get in her car and they're going to say, you're going to be in the race, driving off on and all of a sudden, glitch, glitch glitch and they begin to rip apart her vehicle by way of pretending to make fun of her glitch and as they're doing it she's trying to stop them saying no but I'm a racer and I have to race you have to stop and they say you will never be a race you will a racer you'll always be a glitch and at the moment that Ralph sees taffeta which is one of the racer racers push Vanellope into the mud it is a triggered memory of the trauma that he has experienced for 30 years being pushed and thrown into mud. And he begins to chase those girls because he's upset and angry about the fact that these girls have chosen to make sure that she is not a part of the race. It messes him up. He gets completely upset. And it's mostly not about Vanellope. It's about the fact that he has dealt with people like this before. And he is not healed from the hurt. He is still very much feeling the 30-year wound of being rejected. The 30-year wound of being cast aside and pushed into obscurity. Even though all you have done is shown up to do your job. So he's dealing with trauma, but it's not their fault. It's it's just what they know to do. It's just who they are. They're just being who they are and who they are is evil. But his trauma isn't healed. So he ends up losing it. I mean, absolutely losing it. And if we do not decide to make our healing priority, we will end up having a temper tantrum. We will end up messing up, wrecking up and ruining the places that we find ourselves in because we not ha- have not find- found ourselves in a place of wholeness. Hey y'all, it's your girl Nina T and I'm here with a special announcement. Now I'm only doing this because this is something big guys. Something big is happening and you need to know about it. I'm going to bring you the news first. Well, not first, but you know what I'm saying. Listen, October 23rd through the 25th is going to be probably the biggest launch of 2020. Now, we've had a whole bunch happen, but trust me, you have not seen anything like what's happening on that date. What's happening, you ask me? 
the launch of Refuge City Ministries, the church that is going to change the game. I'm super excited because not only is this a virtual launch for the ministry, but it is a virtual launch for our friend, the friend of the party, Pastor Justin Ruffin. And we are super excited because there's going to be so much greatness that happens that weekend. Now, it's going to be amazing worship, amazing information, so much that God is going to download. And the theme is reestablishing the kingdom. So we're going to make sure that we hear and lean in to what God is going to do and how his kingdom is going to come and how his will will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, I'm going to post a flyer because I want you to register. I want you to be a part of this. This is major. This only happens once. There's only one launch and you want to make sure that you're in the place to be. Now, not only are you going to hear from so many other wonderful, powerful ministers and, and teachers and so many other gifts from the JR Ministries team, but you're not only going to hear from Pastor Ruffin, but your girl Nina T is in the building too. So please make sure you come through. I want to see you there. Listen, it's only up from here. And if you miss it, you can't say you weren't warned. But this is one mission that will be accomplished. I'm super excited and I can't wait to see you there. Now, Ralph is upset. And because he is upset, he doesn't know what to do with that anger. So he channels his hands, right? His his body to release that temper tantrum like he would normally do in his old space. Normally when he was upset, he would say, I'm going to wreck it. And he would wreck the building, but that would be fine because he was in his place of assignment. Well, when you're out of your place of assignment, you will find yourself doing the things that you are called to do, doing the things that you are supposed to do, but you'll end up making a mess and it'll end up looking like a tantrum versus looking like productivity. So because he was losing himself, because he was angry about the fact that he couldn't get his medal and he had worked so hard to steal, not earn, steal the medal. Um, he was out of luck and out of it and he couldn't, they didn't tore up the girl's cart. So now she can't even win the, the medal for him. He's really stuck in this position and he can't go home because he wants to go home to the penthouse, not go back to the dump. He's, he's tired and fed up of living by himself, being by himself, being in obscurity. He's tired of being the bad guy. He wants to know what it'll be like to be a hero for once but he wasn't created to be the hero he was created to be Ralph and no matter how bad that looked him being Ralph was sufficient for the game that he was called to be in but him being Ralph in Sugar Rush looked like complete destruction just like when we decide to choose um, another road, another route, and we take all that God has invested in us and all that God has called us to do. When we bring it to another game, another place, another alternative, we end up making that place look like we end up making God and ourselves look crazy. Uh, we make we make it look like we have no control when all actuality we have perfect control in the place where we are assigned. Now, uh, Vanellope, who is an opportunist sees 
that he not only has a tantrum, but in the midst of his tantrum, he breaks a jawbreaker. These things are not supposed to be able to be broken, but because he has the grace for wrecking, he wrecks a jawbreaker, which in her mind says, well, if he can break that unbreakable thing, he'll do, uh, he'll break into the factory with no problem. So I know how to make this work for me. I'm going to enlist him to do what works for me. And unfortunately, when we find ourselves at the mercy of other people in their game and in their element. Not only do we lose what is important to us, but we end up wasting what is invested in us. What do I mean? I mean, he was anointed to be a wrecker, but he was not anointed to be a wrecker in Sugar Rush. So he takes all of it or she says to him like, I have a deal, you know, just make a deal with me. Like if you just decide to help me out a little bit and break into the factory, we can uh, get, I can get in the factory, make a new cart. I can get your hero's uh, uh, reward and you'll be done and you'll be good and we'll be great. And it sounds like it's a good idea, but it's not necessarily the place of his assignment. And anytime that you are working in an alternate uh, place or you're working in an alternate field and you're using what was invested to you for other purposes, other than the purpose that he gave it to you, then you're still in the wrong spot. It's still wrong. It's, it's not good because you did it for, to help somebody else out. If you weren't called to help them out, you understand if, if you were called to help her, if you were supposed to be there, then you would have been there under the right pretenses. But because you're in there in the wrong way, doing the wrong thing, and you're, you're serving someone you should not be serving, you end up being illegal in somebody else's land. So he is out of luck, out of hope. And the only thing he can do is take this this kiddish, this childlike deal because the girl is, is, is a kid. And so she acts like a kid. She's annoying like a kid. So he has to partner with somebody immature in order to get what he wants because he is not in the place in the realm of his assignment. So as they're they're doing that, we see Sergeant Calhoun and fix it. Felix looking for Ralph, trying to figure out where he is, what he's doing. And they're, you know, walking around this little, um, little maze in sugar rush. And while they're talking, um, he says something like, I never thought Ralph would go turbo now because, uh, Sergeant Calhoun and her game were just plugged in. She didn't know anything about what happened to Turbo. And until this moment, we don't really know what Turbo did. All we keep hearing is every time Ralph says he wants to leave his game, we hear somebody say, you're not going Turbo, are you? So we know it's not a good thing, but we don't know exactly the details. But here is how Fix It Felix helps us. He lets us know the truth of what happened to Turbo. So Turbo was in his own game and it was a very popular game. And while he was being popular, um, another game came in that was more exciting. It was better graphics. The, 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 um, the racing game was better than his game. And so what he decided to do to get the attention back is to get into this game or to leave and abandon his game to take over that game. And the people that were playing the game were like, wait a minute, is that Turbo? He doesn't even belong here. And so he decided to take over another game, which caused the owner to not only shut off his game, but to shut off the new game as well, because it was, it looked like the game was in error. So when you have choose, when you choose to leave the place of your assignment and to 
uh, technically overthrow the rules and the situations of another game, of another plan, of of somebody else's assignment. If you are trying to take over uh, somebody else's job, somebody else's lane of grace, it is, like I said, illegal, right? So you then you become a reckless endangerment to not only what you left, but to what you walked into because you're trying to usurp the, the really proper authority and you're trying to make sure that you become the center of attention. Attention is a crazy thing. When you are starved of attention, you'll do pretty much anything to get it. But if you need that need satisfied, God is a access point for us in the natural realm that is able and willing to give us all the attention that we desire. So whenever we feel like we have no one to talk to. He has a 24 seven policy where we can come and lay before him. And even if we don't have time to lay on our face, we can just say, father, I just need you. Father, I want to talk to you. Father, help me out. Father, I want to save this. Help me, help me understand this. And when we bring him, when we call him, when we go to him, when we fall before his presence, he does not shy away. He does not say I'm too busy. He does not say, go back to doing what you were doing without me, but he will readily answer us and fulfill feel that need. But if we are constantly searching for the need to be filled outside, then we'll constantly be uh, trying to overthrow things and trying to uh, knock people all out of their place of assignment just so the light will be on us, just so that we will be uh, shown to be better. And, And to be honest, you will always be number two when you're riding in somebody else's lane. You will never, ever ever, ever be able to beat someone else at being them. That's why we don't compare. That's why we don't compete, but we complete each other. Where you uh, have a deficiency, it is a call and a charge to me to bring my sufficiency. It is not about uh, who has the best this, who is the best that. Um, The the scriptures tell us that while, you know, we we tend to fight about who is the greatest and and who is the best and, and what gift is the best, The scriptures tell us that if we are looking at ourselves as the body of God and the body of Christ, then we cannot therefore say to an ear that the ear had that the eye has no need. Because if the ear decides to stop being an ear, then where is the hearing going to be? So if at any point we desire uh, to be anything other than what we were created to be, we take ourselves out of Um, out of the fullness of the grace that is on our life. And then we cause the body to be disabled. We cause the body of Christ to not be able to hear like it should, to not be able to see like it should. It loses mobility because we have stopped and abandoned our places of assignment just to admire and try to take over the attention from a lane we were never, ever supposed to be in. It's a legal activity and we've got to stop it. We've got to stop it. And so while they're talking about Turbo, they're not really uh, paying attention because they don't know the rules of this game. This is what happens when you work outside of the game that you're, you're, you're called to be in. Even if you're trying to find someone else, even if you're trying to help somebody else, if you step out of the lane of your assignment, you're susceptible to anything. So at that moment, they fall into Nesquik Sand. Now, Nest Quicksand is Sugar Rush's version of Quicksand. And in the mind of Felix, 
All he has to do is jump because that's what he's done before is once he jumps, he's in his place of assignment. He's able to fix it. And so he says to Sergeant Calhoun, I'm going to jump out of the quicksand and grab you one of these vines so that we can get out of here. But what he doesn't realize is that he's not in the place of his assignment. So the things that should work for his good don't necessarily work the way that they would if he was. Let me say it again. In our terms, for us, if you were in the right place, it will work out the way it's supposed to. But because you're in the wrong place, you cannot predict how things are going to turn out. And the things that were given to help you may not help you in the way that they help you back home. So he had to be creative. Uh, They had to be creative. Um, And while he was losing himself, trying to jump out of the quicksand, even sinking them further down in it, Calhoun hits him, which makes the Laffy Taffy vines fall because they're laughing so hard and they come closer to what they're laughing in. So Felix gets an idea. Well, if you hit me, then they come down. And so I won't have to jump up to it. It can just come down to us and I can reach it and we can get out of here. But you're going to have to hit me. Now, she notices his face. Not only did she hit him, but she bruised him. And she's like, well, you know, your face is kind of jacked up. And what he remembers is that while he is not in the place that he normally is in, he is still a fixer and he still has the tool to fix himself. He cannot fix his surroundings, but he can fix himself. So what he does, Lord have mercy, this is good to me. So what he does is when she hits him, he taps his face with the hammer because that takes away the bruise and it makes him good as new. And it takes them a while because it's not just one hit and the vines fall completely to them. No, no, these vines are very high up. And uh, so what she decides, because she doesn't really want to hurt him, is that she's going to tap him. And the vines say, oh, like that wasn't funny. And they begin to ascend again. So he he is telling her, no, you have to hit me. Now, what we're finding out is that she is a warrior. So she's used to punching because she's been punching her soldiers and punching, you know, all of the people that she has been in contact with back in her game. He is a fixer. And so he's willing to fix. He's able to fix himself because he's known to be a fixer and fix his the things that are concerning him. So what he decides to do is he begs her to hit him. She bangs him. He hits himself with the hammer and it takes a couple times. My question is, is to you, are you willing since you're in the wrong place? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to get out? See, most of us, when we get in sticky situations, we want something to come and take us out. When we have the capacity and the creativity to get ourselves out based off of what is in us, but we don't see it. Um, as a gift and as something that works, even if we're in the wrong space. Let me explain it in another way. If I'm a singer and God has given me the gift to sing, then it works whether I sing in the church, whether I sing at the club, whether I sing in the, in the market, it still works. It's still a gift. And because he is not a man who changes his mind and the gifts and callings of God are 
are um, not, they, they can't be, or he won't take them back. He won't, he won't say, eh, okay, I'm just going to take it from you now because you're just not doing it in the place that, um, you, you know, I want you to do it. No, it'll still work. It just won't have the effectiveness that it would in the place of your assignment. And so what happens is they have to get creative. And as they get creative, he finds a way to get them out of the pit that they're stuck in. So if you are going to be disobedient, if you're going to be out of order, if you're going to be uh, in another land and function in another land, then you've got to be used to or willing to do some things that you may have never done before. And they may have, you know, she wasn't hitting them soft. So these hits hurt. So he had to endure pain in order to get out of something he was never supposed to be in in the first place. The same goes for us when we get ourselves in places and spaces that are not where we're supposed to be in. We may have to endure pain to get out and nobody's necessarily going to take it easy on you because you're in the uh, another place or you're naive to the system of this new place. No, 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 no. You're going to have to make it work and get out and get to the place of your assignment. Now, while all of this is happening He's getting goo goo eyes. He's falling for Calhoun because Fix It Felix saw her high definition in the beginning of this and he just loved her. He just was like all infatuated. And now them riding together, rising together um, is, is a great moment of romance for him. But for her, all of the Laffy Taffy singing la 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 and making hearts around her just brings her back to the trauma of losing the man that she loved first. And so we've got to be very careful that in new places, we do not take old baggage because we'll end up missing out on something that wants to embrace us because of a mistake from the past, because of wrong relationships or, or because of mishaps and and missteps and things that we did to maybe make the relationship go sour. We tend to uh, ignore and, and push back on things that could be for us because we have mishandled things in the past. Instead of forgiving ourselves for the misstep and moving forward, I, you may not have gotten it all together and had had the best relationships and friendships in the past, but that doesn't mean that you are worthy to be loved and, and accepted. It just means that you made a mistake and you need direction. You you probably made a mistake and, and you didn't know what you were getting into. You were just naive at that point. Give yourself grace for what you did not know. Give yourself grace for what you did not expect. Give yourself grace for those places that you did not know. Hallelujah. You didn't know what was going on. You didn't know it was going to affect you or other people that way. So give yourself grace, forgiveness, and move on to the next. When you get to the next, you'll realize that it's so much better to move on than stand still. It's so much easier to let it go than it is to hold on. And so she, you know, blazes her guns because she's at this point not ready to move forward. She's not ready to accept that this different character from a different game could possibly want to engage with her. And she doesn't want to take the chance that she'll probably mess this up too. So it's easier to push them out. It's easier to say, we've got an assignment to do. Let's move on. I'm not even going to stay here. I'm not even going to acknowledge you. I'm just going to move on. So while they move on, <laughs> we are flashback to Ralph and Vanellope. 
Now, Ralph ends up breaking into the factory where they can make these go-karts. And once he breaks the doors, because it's easy for a wrecker to break doors, once he breaks in, they walk in and he sees that it's a place where you make stuff. But he is only accustomed to breaking stuff. And so he tells her, I'm a wrecker. I'm a breaker, not a maker. I'm I'm not good at baking. I'm not good at this. And she tells him, well, come on out of your comfort zone. Why does she tell him to come out of her his comfort zone? Not because it's in his capability or she sees that he's able to do it. She does it because it's good for her. But unfortunately, it does bring something out of Ralph that <laughs> is in him while he's being who he's always been. What do I mean? Um, so when they choose the, the cart that they want to make, although she is young and enthusiastic, she is still immature. So the first thing that they come to is a mini game and the, the small mini game is for them to make a cart and, and they have to put in all of the ingredients to make the batter and knock out all the ingredients that just make anything uh, that are underpants and, and fire hydrants. And because she's a kid, she's just turning the wheel, getting anything out. The good stuff is going into the trash can and the bad stuff is going into the mixing bowl. But because Ralph is a little bit more mature he realizes that he's gonna have to help her and for the first moment we see him come out of uh the space of knocking something out or or come out of the mindset that he was only made to wreck for bad he's actually made to wreck for good uh whoo he's only made to wreck for good. So what he ends up doing is standing in the middle of these two shoots. And when the things come out, when he sees sugar and eggs and milk, he tosses it into the bowl. And when he sees fish uh, scales and when he sees other things, he knocks it out of the way. Well, he's still wrecking, but he's wrecking for the right purpose. Can I help you? Even if you find yourself in a place, Lord have mercy, in a place where you're in the wrong space and you're doing the you're doing uh, something for someone else, it's good to use what's in you versus try to be something you're not. If you're going to step out of your comfort zone, you might as well step out as yourself. And so he found a way just like Fix It Felix found a way out of the trap that he and Calhoun were in. Uh, Wreck It Ralph or Ralph, I'm going to call him by his name. Ralph finds a way to knock out all of the things, wreck for good, knock out all the things that don't belong here and then bring in all the things that do. And so then they move on to the next the next game and it's just to bake the batter but he ends up because he's a wrecker he ends up breaking the machine and it's not uncommon because he's a wrecker and when you're in the wrong space doing the doing a a good thing you still got to make sure that when things go wrong you got to figure out how okay if if i'm if i put myself in this place then that means i've got to get myself out i've got to sustain it see that's the why we why it's better to stay in god's will because you alone are um, responsible for sustaining yourself in a place that God has not called you to. Well, he can use the place that he hasn't called you to, but it doesn't necessarily mean he's happy that you're there. So what ends up happening is that Wrecky Ralph is finding ways 
to be a wrecker for benefit so that it'll help them make a cart, but it still doesn't make a perfect cart because he's a wrecker. So he, he's not a builder, so he doesn't know how to build a cart. So what comes out at the end of this is not only is the machine broken because a wrecker has engaged with it, but the car is a mess. The car, it has, it has all of the things that it, it takes to function, but it looks an entire mess. It doesn't look like what a race car should look like in Sugar Rush. And so, because it doesn't look a certain way, he's self-conscious because this is what wreckers build, a wreck. They build something that is a wreck, something that doesn't look the best, something that doesn't feel the best. And maybe maybe it has functions, but it doesn't look like the other cars and it doesn't, it, it, it looks like him. He doesn't look like the other people in his town. He doesn't look like the people in Sugar Rush. He just looks awkward and he comes out as, the car comes out as awkward as Ralph feels. But what happens when you find somebody who is grateful that you even stepped out to help them, that they'll take what you made and make the most of it. They'll say, I'll take it because it has what I need. It has what it what I need for it to run. It has an engine. It has it has wheels. It, it works. It runs. Once I turn it on, it's going to work. And, and, and the funny thing about this is, is that He's expecting for her to go bananas and say, this isn't what I signed up for. But she knows he's a wrecker. So she's not expecting perfection. She's expecting something that works. She isn't expecting a perfect car like any other car. If it had been Fix It Felix, she's expecting Ralph to to make his version of a car. And as long as it runs, it's what she's looking for. Can I help you? The people that are assigned, Lord have mercy, the people that are assigned to you, the people that know you and that are willing to stick with you and that that know your characteristics aren't looking for you to be anything but you. And if they're looking for you to be anything but you, then they're not the people you're assigned to. They're not the people that you're supposed to, to engage with. Anybody that's saying be something different is looking for something different. They, it doesn't have anything to do with you. They're just looking for something different. And so what, what she decided was that it works and it's good enough for me. The people in your corner will say, you know what? As long as you work in it, I'm with, I'm with it. As long as you're doing what you're supposed to do, I'm with it. As long as you're still being wrecked, Ralph, as long as you're still a wrecker, I'll deal with the fact that the cart doesn't look like the rest of them. It's okay because I don't look like the rest of them. It's okay. And, and normally... When you find yourself around people, even if you're in different uh, situations or you find yourself in different spaces in life, you come from different backgrounds, just as Vanellope and uh, Ralph came from two different games. They both, we find out, lived in obscurity. What do I mean? Well, King Candy breaks into or he, he runs into once he finds out that they've broken into the factory. Lord have mercy. He walks in and he wants them to, uh, he wants the, the people that he's brought to all of the authorities to chase Ralph and Vanellope. Well, at that moment, Ralph finds out that even though he's made the be- very best cart he could make, Vanellope still doesn't know how to drive. <laughs> he thought she was, she knew how to drive, but she, she was just confident in what she felt in her. Lord have mercy. There are some of us that have not, we don't have experience for the place that God is taking us, but we know the capacity of what he's put in us. And so we are speaking merely about 
things that we have faith for, not for things we've experienced. We, we, we have signed up to do things that we know we probably could do because we have the capacity for them. And, and we feel like in our inner being, we're called to it, but necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean we've been in it until that time. So when he finds out that he's, she's not a racer or she hasn't raced before, he's like, what in the world? Like, what you mean? Like you had me do all of this and you don't even know how to start the car you don't even know how to do any of this so now he's got to find a way out and he's using his hands because he's a wrecker and he has big hands he finds use for his big hands in sugar rush and he begins to uh, uh, paddle with his hands and move and push the cart with his hands so that they can fly through the course. Well, when they fly through the course, he realizes that what, he doesn't necessarily know where he's going, but Vanellope, who lives there, takes him the shortcut into an obscure place where they can hide and not be found out. Well, when he gets in there, he realizes that this is a canyon. It's a hot spring uh, where mentos fall from the sky and create a uh, hot lava, you know, burst and they burst up and they are hot. So when they come onto the ground, if you're in the way, it's going to burn you. Right. But then the next second he realizes that this is not only a space that she knows about a hiding space. This is her dwelling space. And he looks around and sees that it's obscure, that nobody else lives there, that it's only her. She's made uh, a shelter in this little small place around garbage and trash and around uh, what looks like a dump. And it mirrors the life that he is experienced in Fix It Felix, Felix Jr. And he's like, wow, you're, you're in obscurity too. See, when you go into other places, you are going to find people who have engaged with the life that you are engaging in. And these people need help just like you need help. But they need help to become like you need help to become. See, see, the, the goal was that she become a racer. In her mind, her goal was just let me win the race. I'm a racer. I already feel it. All I got to do is put the car to the finish line to prove it. For Ralph, all he had to do was be secure in his ability to wreck and that his wrecking was for a purpose. And what he had to do was come out of his place of wrecking and come into an unfamiliar place. And while he came into this unfamiliar place illegally, what he ended up gaining there is a lesson about even though there you're the only one that has experienced it in your space, you are not the only one that is experiencing it, period. So when he sees that she is living this way, he feels compassion for her because they both live in obscurity. They both uh, don't have any friends. They both don't have anybody willing to help them. And he's like, wow, you live here and you're okay with it. And she's like, well, no, you don't understand. Like this, this whole race is going to set me up for a better life. Just like how you feel the, the hero's coin is going to make you come out of obscurity. It's going to do the same thing for me. Once I win this race, I won't be bound to living this way. And her goal is to become so that she can come out of this place of obscurity. Just like Ralph wants to come out of his place of obscurity. You'll have the same goals and you'll be in two separate games. But when you come in contact with each other, the goal is now not to hurt each other, but it's to help each other. 
And once he realized that while he couldn't do anything about getting home at this present moment, the only way he could uh, solidify a win for the both of them is to help her get ready for the race. Now, why does this not make sense? Because Ralph has never driven before. Ralph is not in a game that's a racing game. He's in a record game. He's not, he's not built to be a driver. So what he does is he takes those big wrecking hands and wrecks the, the, the foundation of what was created in order to create something else so that it symbolizes the racetrack that she needs to train on. And he's like, well, what little knowledge of what I have of vehicles and what little knowledge I have is of, of testing and trying, we're going to figure out how to make you a racer. And it takes some time because neither one of them have experience or, that they can remember and that they know about racing. So they're both trying to figure this out on their own, but they fo- fi- they're figuring it out together. They've chosen not to uh, let one do all the instructing because neither one of them have instructions. So they're like, well, let's just go on and test this out. Let's look at, look at this little, this little thing. Okay. Well, this looks like it's stopping. This looks like it's going. I don't know what this is for. Well, Hey, look at this doohickey. What does it do? And, and once they start testing these different parts of the vehicle, they start to figure out how it works. They creatively figure out how it was supposed to run. And when they figure out how the car is supposed to run, they figure out how she can drive it. Now, it's not it doesn't mean that she is a a capable driver at that moment because she has to run into some trees. She has to do some things. And and in the moment that she finally figures out how the car works, she glitches. And the glitch to her is one thing that is a mistake because all she's been told is that she is a mistake. And so the glitch to her is not for her good. The glitch to her is it will set her out. And and because she believes that the glitch is a curse, when it shows up, it shows up uh, unannounced, right? It happens at any time. And when she glitches, normally things goes wrong because she has not embraced that the glitch is a part of who she's supposed to be because she's been told it's a mistake. She's been told she's a mistake. And not only is it a mistake, she's a mistake. And because she believes she's a mistake, everything she does, she just happens to do it well. When she does it well, it just happens to be that way. She she accidentally becomes perfect at driving. She accidentally becomes good at driving. But when the glitch shows up, it knocks in her into that place of insecurity because it's the thing that she wishes she could just do away with but will not leave her. It won't leave. It won't. She cannot stop glitching for the life of her. She's trying so hard. And when she glitches this time, it knocks the mentos in the, in the ground, but it's okay because it's just the two of them. And Ralph has learned what happens when mentos out, uh, hit the, hit the spring so he can move and not be hurt. Be okay with being in obscurity. As long as it's for your training's sake. It's okay to be in obscurity and figure it out as long as you're figuring out what makes you you and you're figuring out how you can be the best you that you're supposed to do. Now, what she realizes, you know, what she realizes is that while she lives in obscurity, he suggests to her, why doesn't she leave? And he tells him or she, she tells Ralph that glitches cannot leave games. So not only can 
she not get rid of the glitch, but she can't get rid of the game and the obscurity. So she just has to deal with it all. And, and because she is dealing with it all, she is using or she's walking through this existence as if somebody is, you know, she's supposed to hide being her. She's not, she's not really confident because she doesn't really know why she's supposed to be there. She doesn't really have any purpose. And if she could just put the racing, if she can find one thing that she's good at, then she can at least say, well, I'm a racer. But now all she knows is that they've told me I'm a glitch. And every time I go to do something, I glitch. So all my existence is tied up in being a mistake. Do not let anybody tell you that the things that make you a little susceptible or vulnerable are things that make you unusable. Uh, See, because the Bible tells us that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. So there are thorns, just like Paul told us in the scripture, there's a thorn that we all have, right? And he had a thorn to keep him humble. He had a thorn to keep him um, from being an amazing, puffed up, uh, increased, not like the wisest a revelator that had ever been and being completely caught in pride. So in order to keep him in a place of humbleness, he was given a thorn. It didn't say the Lord gave it to him, but it did say that he was given a thorn. And because he got a thorn, the thorn was something that he was begging. Can you just take this away from me? And every time he asked God to take it away from him, God did not grant his request in the way that he wanted. He did not say, okay, well, no more thorn. He said, okay, well, I'm not going to take it away. I'm just going to give you a power or the power from me and the grace that you need to maneuver through it. And and even though you want it to be gone, the testament of the thorn is going to help you to prove that I am who I am. It, it is because of your thorn that people know that this didn't come from you. So for me, uh, I tend to, when I'm talking, <laughs> when I'm talking, um, I tend to stutter a little bit, right? And, and it's, it's a, it's a whole thing. It's, it really is a whole thing. Um, and so for me doing a podcast was absolutely bonkers. Like, no, absolutely not. Um, but it was, it was an only, the only way I knew how to do what God was asking me to do. And so I, I obeyed. And even in the midst of my stutter, even in the midst of my mistakes, even in the midst of not getting everything right, God has shown up on this podcast every week and people have been blessed every week. And there's been somebody's life that has been changed every week. Not because it's me, because I'm suffering with a stutter, because I'm suffering with uh, 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 the problem of not feeling confident in speech. But what shows up is the ability and the grace of God to bring forth his word, even in the midst of that. And so what we need to realize is that there are some things that we're just going to have to power through. It's a burden. Yes, it gets on your nerves. Yes, but it also shows that you're human. Yes. Uh huh. It shows that you are human. It shows that everything is not perfect and it keeps you from being proud and saying that it's all about me. When you realize that who you are is flawed, you thank God 
for the moments that you get to see someone blessed because of your shine, because of what he placed in you, because his hand is on your life, because of how he speaks through you, because he uses you. All of those things don't come from you. They came out of you, but they came from him. Now, this next part is probably one of my favorite parts because once he sees that she glitches, but she's, you know, done a good job of going around the track and she asked him how he did. And he was like, you got to get that glitch under control. Um, She said, but do you think I have a chance of winning? And his response was like a chance, like maybe, you know, that kind of response. She immediately starts celebrating and saying, I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. See, to me, all she needed was the little bit of an ounce of faith in her to complete this race and to not only complete it, but to win. So she said, do you think I have a chance to gauge his level of belief? And once she realized he had a little bit, she didn't need a lot of agreement. She just needed a little bit. She just needed a a little chance. As long as you see, I have a chance. I see me winning this. And there are uh, people not only that we have to engage with, but that will engage with us um, because we both fight um, obscurity and living in obscurity. We both get to um, help each other become, but when they engage, they're looking to see if you see even a quarter, uh, an ounce of what they see for themselves. See, because if you give a little bit of approval, that means they're able to do way more because they have a lot more beliefs. Now, so in her being, she felt that she was a racer and not only a racer, but she was a a winner. She felt it already. All she needed was a little bit of a cosign. If, if you just give me a little bit of belief, that's all I, all I need. And God in his great, uh, his great ability to give us more than what we need gives has invested so much inside of us that we most times can feel the purpose that is bubbling on the inside of us. Right. But most of the time we just want somebody to say, I see it too. I see, I see a little bit of what you see. I don't see the fullness. I don't have to see the fullness, but I just see a little spark. And if I see a little spark, and if you tell me you see a little spark, that helps me believe that I will be what I know I can become. So we have to be willing to receive those kind of people as well as we have to be willing to be those kind of people for other people. We have to be willing to say, I see what you're doing. Keep doing it because it's going to produce for you the great purpose that God has in, invested in you. And I see what you're doing a little bit. I see where you're going, but but keep at it because you're just chipping at the top of it. There's a great depth to what's on the inside of you. And we need those people that will be relentless and push us forward and agree with us so that we can believe. Um, You know, the Bible tells us that, you know, how can two walk together unless they agree, right? It's very hard to walk in companionship and even walk down an assignment with somebody if you do not have the same goal. And so 
um, no one said that you had to agree at the same level. It just said that you needed to agree. There needed to be some point of agreement. If there was some point of agreement, the once we get started, once we get moving, then your faith in it and your your level of capacity for agreement will grow. Just like when we started our relationship with God, there were some things that he wanted to do with us, but he couldn't tell us that we would be doing them now in the beginning. He had to let us agree with him in salvation first. And then as we agreed in salvation and agreed to walk with him and agreed quietly or agreed, um, to believe him each day, he gave us a different piece of the puzzle puzzle, and a deeper piece of the puzzle and a deep, and he kept pulling us deeper into the water until now we're doing the things that we never thought we would be able to do because we agreed with him about a small thing. And he said, okay, now you have the, the capacity to do the big thing. Now I'm going to pull out of you, out of that small agreement, I'm going to pull out of you the ability to do the great grand thing that you have always dreamt that you could do. So here's where we get into the villain portion of the story, right? Because up until now, we've only known King Candy to be the person who was in in charge of and ruling in Sugar Rush. But the truth of the matter is, is that he is a whole entire villain and we find this out because a little inclination is that he lies so the first thing he told ralph we we already talked about the first thing he told ralph was that this was not something that he was able to um return the reward or the the hero's medal was not something he was able to return but that it wouldn't he wouldn't be able to retrieve it until after the race well we see king candy go into the cold pull out the reward and claim it for himself so that he can now have it in his possession now my grandmother used to say if you lie you're still And if you steal, you'll kill. And while, you know, the mindset, God, and when I was, I was like, how? But, but how? I, I, just because I told somebody they look good in the outfit that I don't think they look good in, how is that susceptible for murder? I'm confused. But it's the, because sin knows no bounds or no limits. So it opens up that opening into that realm. We opened up and when we saw that he was a liar, he then became a culpable villain to all the other parts. It was like, oh, okay, so you're not really here for good. You're not really a good character because first off, you lied unnecessarily. You definitely lied about a reward and it was really, really off. Why would you, why would you ever lie about that? But there are some people who we think that their intention is one thing, but we have not uh, watched or received that they've already lied to us. They've already shown us lies first. And that if they can lie, their capacity for sin is unlimited because they have opened the door and the realm through the into the realm of darkness through the lie. Now, let's keep going um, because we see Fix It Felix is is feeling like 
you know, all of the feelings towards Sergeant Calhoun. And I like how it jumps between story to story so we can feel all of the things that are happening during this one place, in this one place of Sugar Rush. And so Fix-It Felix looks at um, Calhoun and says to her, you're a dynamite gal. And for anybody else, if he had said it to anybody else, they would have been flattered. But because of her unhealed trauma from the loss of her fiance, she's technically was broken when she heard those words. And it brought her back to the triggering moments of her relationship with him, where that was all he called her was dynamite gal. She she only saw him saying it all over again, even though this was somebody completely different. Now, again, if this had been anybody else, they would have loved it and probably kissed them or probably been like, Felix, this is a beautiful, you yeah, everything I need, all of those things. But for her, because it triggered her, it caused her to push away. Um, sometimes if we go and let things stay unhealed and unchecked, we will end up pushing away. And remember, I told you this was a Felix is a good guy. Pretty much all he knows is being a good guy, right? That's he's a good guy in his game and he's trying to be a good guy to her. And so she's pushing away the good guy because of trauma from a mistake when she could just be healed. I want to promote nothing but healing for us. If we don't get anything, get healed. Because once you get healed and everything else is at your disposal, you're not blocked off by any triggered memories and you're not tormented by what happened, but you have fully allowed yourself to receive what's coming to you and not uh, block it off because of what has been. So she kicks Felix out goes on her way, right? And Felix is looking for Ralph and he comes upon the castle where King Candy is. He meets with the Sourball. The Sourball, you know, realizes and recognizes that Felix, you know, because he's asking about Ralph, that he must know him. And he says, yeah, my friend Ralph. Now, first off, let's let's talk about the language here because Ralph went from um, a just Ralph, you know, Racket Ralph, just somebody who was a part of the game to now he's gone to my friend Ralph. You know what I mean? He's his, the language because of this experience has caused Felix heart towards Ralph to be changed. And we see it in his language, just like how sometimes we can go through certain things and people can can miss our presence and realize how much we offered them, realize how much we gave to them and they could, it can draw them closer to us and they can really try to try to seek out that relationship again because it's something that they didn't even know we were doing. They didn't even know how much of an impact we were making in their lives. And so now that we're missing, they're like, I have to, I have to find it. And it's dear to me now. It's not just something that um, was a part of my life, but it's something that was, that meant something to me. So because the sideball realizes that he called him friend, um, that makes you an accomplice 
and because Ralph is on the run and we didn't capture him and we regret not capturing him, we're going to capture you. Sometimes we can find ourselves in troubles, not because of anything that we've done, but because of uh, who we have engaged with, who is doing what they're supposed to do. And they have not, they're doing what they're supposed to do, but they're also bucking up against the system. Think about how many times and how much the uh, apostles had to suffer back in the days of early Christianity because of who they associated with. It was the reason that Peter denied Jesus because he knew that the association with him could get him in trouble. And so we have to be, but we have to be okay with being on the side of right. We have to be okay with being connected to people who are just doing their God-given assignments and even being who they're supposed to be. So, um, we, we see him get captured. Felix is captured now. Um, and it skips over to Vanellope. Now she's ready to race. Um, we see her get, you know, all of her stuff, but she can't leave because there's something she wants to give to Racket Ralph or Ralph. She wants to give Ralph a present that she has for him. So she goes back to get it. And while she goes back to get it, King Candy shows up and offers Ralph the medal as long as he talks Vanellope out of racing. Uh, he says, you know, like he tries to make up the excuse as because she's a glitch. He can't have the glitch running in the race. And it seems like it's plausible, right? It seems like it makes sense. Um, but the truth be told, he's been a liar before. So, so I don't know why necessarily we didn't question why, how all of a sudden you told me in the beginning, you couldn't give me the medal. And now all of a sudden you have access to it. He didn't question that because what was more important to him was actually receiving the medal because he wanted to get what he wanted. So he talks him into King Candy talks Ralph into doing the unthinkable. And when Vanellope comes back, she gives him a chain that says you are my hero it's it's not anything grand. It's not anything great, but it's something that she made to show Ralph that he meant something to her, that he had saved her from being this obscure glitch in a town where nobody loved her. Um, nobody cared about her. Nobody invested in her. And at the moment she gives him this trust, he abuses it. And how does he abuse it? He abuses it for the sake of this uh, he abuses it for the sake of this chain. He abuses it for the sake of doing what he wants to do. And he does, you know, that and, and chooses to use his wrecking tools for what they were made for. But again, he's doing it in the wrong place. And so because he believes that her glitch is a problem. Good Lord. Because he believes who she who she is, the, the flaws will hinder the race. Just as King Candy said to him, uh, he ends up holding her or putting her up in a way that she cannot uh, get to him. And he ends up breaking her car and turning her in. Like she, she no longer is able to race and she's turned into King Candy. She's in a dungeon. Her car is broke. And she says to him, you really are a bad guy. Now, 
the bad guy wasn't until he did something that was hurtful. He wasn't a bad guy because that was his character in the game. She saw him as a bad guy because he took her trust and he violated that trust. And most people, even though people, other people have been speaking about us in negative ways, there have been other people to give us their trust. And we have believed the lies that have been shared with us. And because we believe the lies, we show up and violate their trust. And when we violate their trust, they see us and the God we serve as bad. We have to be very careful because we not only represent him, but we represent him in this earth. And so we, we don't get the opportunity um, to just live our life as we please and do what we want and believe any old wind of doctrine. We have to be very clear um, that the voice we're listening to is listening to is the right voice so that we're able to make sure that we're um, testing each word and that that we're following the right voice because the sheep know the voice of their shepherd and they won't follow another one because they know who he is. And if we know who God is, we should know who, who he sent. And if we know who he sent, then we know what he said. And if we know who, what he said, then we, that means we can judge his word. And, and if it doesn't match up with his word, then it can't be him. I've said that before. If it, if it doesn't match up with his word, we should just stop listening. We should, we should just turn our ears off to that voice and we should flow in what we know. But but the thing of the matter is, we won't be able to see his goodness if we continue to believe the lies. If we continue to believe people just because they say they are in power. We never question how he got to power. We never questioned how he became the ruler of, of Sugar Rush. We just believe that because he's the, the person that's in control, that he automatically is right. But that's not always the case because there are people that started off right and they went wrong. And then when they went wrong, they didn't lose their position. They just were wrong in their position. They just be, they just begin to, to use their influence in the wrong direction. So now... Vanellope is in jail along with Fe- uh, along with Fix It Felix and he doesn't know Felix is in jail but he's in jail as well and he goes back to his town walks into the penthouse ready to receive his award his reward um, and re- really ready for the welcome that comes with being a hero and he's shown up and nobody's there but the person who told him he could have the penthouse if he got a, a medal. So he shows up and he has a medal, but there's nobody there to receive him. And so he's upset because he's like, well, what's going on? Like what's happening? And the guy lets him know that once he abandoned the game, they had an out of order stamp. And then everybody abandoned the game because he abandoned the game. If we knew How many lives are dependent on us being in position and us being in character and doing what we were supposed to do, even if it's to wreck, even if it's going to bring wreckage, even if even if it's not going to be an easy ride. Um, If we knew how many people's lives were tied up in us doing what we were supposed to do, we would never uh, stray away from doing what we were called to do. We would always do it. 
because we know that just one moment out of the will of God leaves so many lives unprotected. So he, he tells the, the man that he now has the, 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 you know, the metal. He wants to get out of obscurity. And he says, I just wanted to stop being alone in the garbage. And now the man says to him, I'm a man of your word, my word here, the keys to the penthouse. And he says, but I didn't want the penthouse alone. I just wanted to not live in the dump. And he says, well, now you're alone in the penthouse. So now all of that thing that you did, all of that, all of the work that you did to get this reward and you're still alone. All that you gave up, all that you sacrificed, all that you did to become what you wanted to become. And you're still alone because you're outside of assignment because you're out of order. And when a machine is out of order, there is no investment. It's just out of order. So uh, he sees Vanellope um, on the machine. While he's standing at the top of the roof, he sees her on the side of the machine. And that means that if she was painted on the machine, that means she was an intentional piece. And Ralph's mind starts to wonder that if she is on the side of this, then she isn't a mistake. She was intentional and she's a part of this game. And so he goes back to the to Sugar Rush, goes to find the Sour Ball, finds him and says, tell me something. If she's a mistake, why she included, why's her picture on the side of the game? And the Sour Ball tries to act like he doesn't know what he's talking about. So he has to do some persuasive tactics, uh, tactics um, so that he can tell him the truth, right? Um, and the truth is, King Candy has deleted the code. Remember, I told you, if you lie, you'll steal. So he not only lied about having access to the uh, reward, but he lied about his involvement and why he wanted Vanellope not to cross the race, not to be in the race. Um, But he deleted the code erased everybody's memory and excluded her so that she was no longer a part of the race. And, and when Ralph asked him why he said, I don't know, nobody, I don't remember. He's disconnected the memory. And it's so weird that people will write you out of the story that was made for you. People will try to erase your influence. They will try to erase you from the paths of history and what you are supposed to be included in. They will try to erase you from. But the truth of the matter is, you can never erase me. You can try to disconnect me. Um, you can try to tell me I was a mistake. You can try to tell me that I'm, you know, I wasn't born for any purpose. But the truth of the matter is, is I feel in me. That I am more than a mistake and a glitch. I was an intentional part. And when when the person that uh, is searching for me or the person that who was engaging with me realizes that I'm not a mistake, 
then he has to restore everything he took from me so that I can now become and he can become. Because remember, he was only doing this for her good in his mind, but it was a bad thing to do because it was working against her. So it jumps to another story of Sergeant Calhoun. Um, and Sergeant Calhoun is trying to find this bug because she knows that viruses don't die. And she finds and stumbles upon, uh, you know, stumbles through these taffy or through this um, licorice or whatever. And she sees at the bottom that not only is the bug alive, but it has produced many, many, many virus viruses at the bottom and all they need to do is find an opening. Once they find an opening, once they're activated, they're going to take over Sugar Rush. And not only have, do we have to be careful about what is implanted, the viruses, the things, the dirty things that are implanted in us, but we have to be careful because those things produce. Uh, just like we were talking about how one sin is open, it, it is limitless. It produces so many different seeds of sin. And if we don't deal with the sin, the little root of sin, then we'll find ourselves, excuse me, we'll find ourselves dealing with the the seeds of sin be, and the symptoms of sin because we did not pull up the root because we did not make sure that the, the virus was dead. And so now we have all of these other things that have been birthed in us and that are being birthed underground that are waiting to shoot up and take over and consume our lives. It is, uh, it, it is our uh, privilege as children of God that he offers us forgiveness, but we first got to get to the root of the problem. We've got to get to the root of what's going on underneath the the surface. And we can't, just because everything looks pretty up top does not mean that there's something evil. There's not something evil working underneath, trying to produce and create evil seeds in our life. So we have to make sure that we're clean enough. Well, she, Sergeant Calhoun is, you know, running because now she knows that this is doomsday. This is Armageddon and doomsday in one event. Once these things come alive, it's going to be a mess. So she has to do what she has to do to warn and get these uh, people out of this town before they're consumed. So we flip to Felix in jail. He's going through trials and tribulations just because he's in jail. Um, and Ralph finds him. And when Ralph finds him, he talks to him and says, you know, like, what's going on? Like, you know, I'm sorry I left and, and I need your help because I need you to help me fix something. And Fix Felix is like, I don't have to help you. Do you know what I've been through? I've been rejected. I've been da 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 da. And I've done through this. And I'm, you don't know what it's like to be cast out. And you don't know what it's like to do da 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 da. And all of this. And Ralph is like, try living that all day, every day in our game. See, it took Felix leaving Felix, fix, uh, fix It Felix Jr. To see that in a space where it wasn't all about him, he was susceptible to the same thing that Ralph was susceptible to. And because he was the hero in the other game, he didn't even recognize 
that Ralph was being mistreated because the game was all about praising him. He was so soaked up in the pride of being Fix-It Felix that he didn't realize how much it sucked to be Wreck-It Ralph. So, um, he talks to him and he tells him that he messes up or Ralph tells him he messes up. And so Felix decides that he's going to help fix the cart. He fixed the cart and Ralph breaks the chains so that Vanellope is now able to race. Now the race begins and Vanellope is late, but I want to let you know that it doesn't matter if you're late, as long as you show up, you're still going to be willing to get in the race. And, um, so she gets in the race and Ralph says to her, you don't have to win. Just cross the finish line and the game will reset. She said, oh, he said the game will reset you as a real racer. She says, I'm already a real racer and I'm going to win. So here's the, here's the good part. Here's the good part. Whew. Whether you believe it or not, whether this town believes it or not, whether you agree with me or not, I know what's in me is what she said. She said, it doesn't matter that you approve or this game approves of me being a racer. I know what I am. And once you know who you are, there is nobody that's going to be able to stamp you and make you credible. You're already approved. You were already a part of this game. You were already made to be in this game. You were already set to be the character, the main character in this game. And so when the enemy will try to make you feel like you need approval from all of these different people, it doesn't matter. You're already sealed. God has already given you a lane that you are to ride and you are the star at being you. You are always going to come in first when you're being you. When you step out of your lane, then you're going to cause an accident. But when you're always in your lane, you have no competition. There is no other thing that you can do but end up in first place because you win when you're always being you. So now Vanellope's in the race and she's winning. She's she's passed so many different traps and setups and she realizes that her glitch is helping her get through. But when it helps her get through, Um, The bugs come from underground and they are tearing Sugar Rush apart, but she doesn't stop racing because she doesn't even know what the bugs are doing. She's in the race and she catches up to King Candy. She passes all of the other racers and gets in second place. And when King Candy realizes that not only is she in the race, but she's the only competition and she's gaining on him and she's winning, he gets upset. He jumps on her car. He starts trying to wreck her car. And then the anger that comes in him reveals who he really is, who we didn't know he was. We knew that he was evil, but we didn't know why. Because he had stolen an identity, became something different when he was actually the whole time turbo. Trying to do what he had already done in times past. He had done so much to take over this game to make sure that nobody remembered anything that happened so that he could have the advantage and make sure that he was the ruler of this game when it was all a big fat lie. He belonged somewhere else. But the truth of the matter was, was that while he was trying to kill out and knock out um, her or uh, Vanellope, trying to knock out Vanellope because she was the only competition, she realizes that while he thinks she's just a glitch, 
while he believes she's just her flaw, she realizes that it's her flaw that's going to get her out of this scrape. Good Lord. It is the flaw. It is the weakness. And not only the weakness, but it's the grace from the weakness that's going to allow you to be able to escape the trap of the enemy. So she she says, come on, I know we said we weren't going to glitch, but let's go. And and her glitch helps her to get out from his wrath and he gets eaten by a bug. He gets eaten by a bug while she continues on to the race. But she doesn't get to finish because the bugs have eaten up the finish line. And she can't leave because glitches don't get to leave the game. So now she's trapped. They don't have a beacon. And without the beacon, everyone is doomed. While everyone else is panicking, trying to get out of the game, Ralph is trying to get this glitch out of the game, but it's not working. And when he hears the word beacon, he remembers what he saw from Hero's Duty, that the beacon looks like a light. And he only knows one place that he's seen light shoot up, and that's in the hiding spot in obscurity. So he runs over to where the Mentos are, the top of that mountain, and begins to jump because his wrecking is not only going to be his sacrifice to help Vanellope, but it's going to save the entire sugar rush. So he's willing to now wreck again for the purpose of saving many lives. If God is asking you to wreck a system, now listen, I'm not talking about if 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 something in you is asking you to wreck it because you just don't like it. But I'm talking about if God is asking you to wreck a system, a foundation, a, a, a um, way of being, a way of doing. He's asking you to do it because it's going to save the lives of many. He asked the uh, apostles to begin to declare the gospel because it would deliver many. It was a wreckage to the teachings of the Pharisees, but it was only to wreck their plan so that God's real will can be done, right? It had to be wrecked one of the way or the other in order for us to be adopted in, in order for us to be included. It had to be wrecked. And if we're going to wreck we might as well wreck for good. We might as well wreck so that somebody will be saved. And he knows that it, everybody's life is in danger, but he's going to just knock these mentos down and it's going to save them. The beacon's going to come up. Everything's going to be fine. Well, remember I told you that King Candy was eaten by a bug and these cyborg bugs, not only uh, do they eat what they become or they, they become what they eat. So since they ate King Candy, King Candy now was three, a three dimensional demonic or not demonic because that's so churchy, but it was a three dimensional villain. So not only was he evil as Turbo, not only was he evil as King Candy, but now he's the cyborg evil as well, cyborg evil as well. So there are three evils working and they're trying to hold Ralph so that the glitch stays stuck. So that the people, uh, you know, so re- uh, sugar rush is destroyed. And so they don't get to become uh, what they can become. And he can become the most powerful villain to have his whole way. Because now he's inclusive of these three different evil powers. But evil never wins. Remember, we were talking about light a couple weeks ago. Light always governs in the midst of darkness. 
And so even though uh, Wreck-It Ralph was known as a bad guy in his game, he was not a bad guy because he decided to sacrifice his life so that the rest of the other people, including the glitch, could be free or including Vanellope could be free. So he says everybody's life does not have to be wasted and you know or doesn't have to be at stake it's just mine he does one uh, drop and in the drop he affirms who he is and he says the the <laughs> the thing that he learned the affirmation that he learned that that bad guys anonymous right so he says on his way down that if I'm going to die, I'm going to die saying this decree. He says, I'm I'm bad, and that's good. I'll never be good, and that's not bad. There's no one I'd rather be than me. And the fact that he came into that level of acceptance, once he knocked those mentos down and was falling to his death, Vanellope decided to use who she was and use her glitch to save his life in her racing car. She saves him. He saves her and they save each other by being who they were supposed to be this whole time by, by being willing to be the sacrificial uh, person for the other willing to sacrifice their safety so that the other could be well. And we have to be those same kind of people. Willing to sacrifice what is convenient for us. Um, so that we can save the life of another. So when the beacon light goes up. Since now King Candy is a bug. He is trapped. <laughs> He's gazing on this light. And he is caught. And and we, have, we are so grateful that he is now no longer a problem or an issue. Um, and not only is the bug destroyed, but the acts of Turbo is destroyed and the acts of King Candy are destroyed. And they no longer have to worry about him resurfacing again. Because the enemy that we see and face this day, we will not have to face anymore. Thank you, Jesus. So they use their collective talents to be able to reset this game. And by that, I mean Fix It Felix fixes the finish line. And not only does he do that, but um, once he does that, Ralph uses his strength to push, technically, Vanellope across the finish line. And once she goes back across the finish line, everything resets. Everything is restored. All the memories are restored. And not only do we not, uh, not only do we learn that she is a part of the game, but she was the rightful ruler this whole time. This whole time they had been teasing her. They had been making her feel like a mistake. She was actually the the thing that the whole game was built around. She was in charge. She had just been played out of her position. And so there are many of us who are dealing with the same thing because we thought we were mistakes. We thought we were glitches in the plan of God, but we are not glitches. He is very mindful of us and he knows how much he loves or he loves us or and and what his intention was 
to make us in the first place. He made us intentionally. God doesn't make junk. He doesn't make glitches. Uh, we are born in sin, shaped up in iniquity because of the sin of our forefather, Adam. But we don't even have to live under that curse because of the second Adam, which is Jesus, who gave us the right to live eternally. So, Father, so we just thank God for the Father who has given us access to now being able to be seated in heavenly places. Uh, We now not only don't have to fight our own battles, we get to remain royal. We get to live in this space of royalty and we get to work for him and be royal at the same time. So what we find out is that Vanellope is the same way. So she jokes at first and the joke kind of blessed me because she said, I decree that everybody who uh, hurt me and talked about me and everybody that did wrong to me is to be executed. And they start going crazy because they know that's the whole town. The whole town is going to be knocked out. She ain't going to have no subjects. Um, But she's like, just kidding. All is well. Stop crying. You're, You're good. You're fine. And... While Ralph wants to congratulate her on being a princess, she knows who she is at this point. And it wasn't just the princess. And she's not just a girl in a fancy dress. And she isn't just the ruler of Sugar Us. But she is a very real racer. Like she always knew she was. And she is a racer with the greatest superpower, which allows her to be able to glitch in and out and move in and out at her will. So she now knows who she is. And because she knows who she is, she's able to be who she's always intended to be. Now, everything is set up in this game, but not everything is set up in Ralph's game. So what Felix knows is that he has to get back and he tells Ralph, are you coming brother? Remember the language changed again, because now I know your struggle. We've gotten closer. You're no longer just to me, Ralph. You're no longer a friend, but you're my brother. Cause we've walked through this journey together. We've walked through this trial and tribulation together. And so, uh, he says to him or Vanellope says to, uh, Ralph, you know, you don't have to go back. You can just stay here. I can set up a place for you. You'll be fine. It's easier this way. You don't have to go back. But Ralph knows now who he is and that his hands aren't big for no reason and his body isn't big for no reason. But they were made to be a part of a game and a system and he cannot function outside of that system. He has to go back to doing what he was created to do, even if that means he'll go, he has to go back to obscurity. And this time when he goes back, he goes back with a new sense of purpose and that he has new friends. He has new uh, lifestyle. So it will never be like it was before. And even in the re um, the recap of all the things that happened, we see that there have been upgrades to the game that he's included some of the people that were homeless, that were sitting outside and that didn't have a place. Um, he's included them. And we see that um, there are other people who have um, become a part of the community. Uh, we also see that they created a space that is no longer him living in the dump, but they cre- fix it. Felix, of course, because he knows the burden of being obscure has created a community for those that may not live in the penthouse. And so now that's a part of community. They're celebrating that he may not be um, 
a vil- or he may not be the the good guy, but he still needs to be celebrated for being a part of the game. And so they're celebrating him. He's not worried about being thrown off the roof, and and really he's not worried about being thrown off the roof because his perception has changed. He realizes that now he is sitting in the best vantage point to be able to see Vanellope, his friend, do what he always knew she could do and what she could always do. Knew she, uh, what she knew she could always do. So now he sees her be all that she's supposed to be and that that's his friend. She loves him. So even if... In this moment, he's about to be tossed off. He has the love after this game is over, right? And he says says something that is so profound. He says, if that little girl loves me, how bad can I be? See, because they had taken his role and identified him with the role, but he was not a bad guy. He just had a bad job. He was not a bad guy. He just had a role he had to fulfill. And once he realized that he was anointed to wreck it, it was okay for Ralph to be the wrecker. Ooh, child, I done pulled all the things out there that everywhere. I done wrecked the whole place okay trying to find all of the gems and I think I found all of them so everything is wrecked now and it's all because of Wrecky Ralph (laughs) but I really 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 appreciate you guys showing up and listening to this episode it was so much fun I had so much more to talk about um there was so much content and I hope that you got something to help you be okay being you because who you are is who you are assigned to be so Like always, I tell you, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at our page, Kid Like Faith. We spell Faith F-8-T-H. And I'm excited because we're doing so many great things. There's, there's, you know, our Thursday, uh, Thursday tidbit. We have Feedback Friday. There's so much going on on our pages. And and we even are doing another versus this week. I'm so excited because I've got two warriors and it's the battle of the warriors this week. So I'm not going to tell you who it is. Why? Because why would I do that? (laughs) You got to show up. Go to our page and make sure that you are not only um, following us, but you are responding so that you'll have your input into what we're doing next. So it's going to be bomb. I'm so excited. Um, if you have any movie suggestions, I do my best to get, um, what we have done. Um, but you can send me some feedback, uh, at kid like faith F A T H at gmail.com. Technically we've only got four episodes left and I've got them all planned out. Um, and so we, we've got, we've got a ways to go. It's going to be good. Trust me. It's going to be good. Um, there's some stories that I'm super excited about talking about. There's some other stories that's going to dig us up, but it's okay because we're going to have a great time digging up these faith gems and pulling out our principles of faith. And so until next time, make sure you keep your faith kid-like. Bye!